0: Juan, can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can hear you. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad you're here. I, was, uh, I, was, I, didn't, go, I didn't go through the list of uh, panelists that are joining us today, but I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I hope someone that can give us an update on the ETFs uh, could come up and, and here you are. So, so there's no better person to come up. So I'm glad you're here. Yeah, great to be here. It's crazy how history repeats itself in crypto. It's literally identical every, every cycle to the team yeah. no matter what happens it's the same shit different day well and to your point and 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 on the title
1: for the for the the panel today you you we see what we've seen every cycle ethereum uh bitcoin leads the way early in the cycle and then ethereum and then other coins start taking over we saw how bitcoin outperformed ethereum last year and now uh since late since since november now uh slowly but but picking up steam this year ethereum has now started outperforming bitcoin and i think it's now up, outperforming it uh by 10 percent over a three-month period
0: let me check the charts what Ethereum is doing um actually scott the chart himself is here so theorem is at almost 3k it, did it break 3k or just touch 3k kind of Immediately, it's broken 3K
2: multiple times uh, this week, but uh, yeah, obviously having sh- uh, trouble getting there. But it has been at or above 3K at some point for the last three trading days, including today. Um, yeah, so it's right there. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's
1: it's hitting its new new resistance, uh, and and hopefully we'll see it break through. As you said, it's it's sort of nudged its way a little bit, but it's up. You know, Ethereum I think is up 30 percent year to date. Uh, beating Bitcoin, that, that is up like 17 or 18 percent. So it's gaining it's gaining steam, um, and, and I think that'll continue. The anticipation will continue to build through uh to, through May on the on the on the spot ETF uh, applications for for Ethereum. We ju- I just saw uh, Coinbase come out with with a piece uh, endorsing the the ETH ETFs, making you know some pretty clear arguments about ETH being a commodity. The SEC having approved the spot Bitcoin ETFs and also having approved the Ethereum futures ETFs, uh, ETH not being susceptible to fraud and, and manipulation from, from a tech security perspective, highlighting the liquidity of in in spot Ethereum markets and then highlighting Coinbase's own uh, futures market surveillance sharing agreements with the CME, all all making the case for why the, the Ethereum ETF should be approved so we'll see what happens but I think uh, anticipation and momentum is going to continue to build into May for uh, for Ethereum
2: Mario, you may remember but when we uh, probably when we started this show you know we were in the heat of what's going to happen with every FOMC meeting all these announcements, bank collapses and I used to joke that you could probably fall on your head and get amnesia and wake up you know uh, this fall. Look back at a chart of the Bitcoin having four-year cycle and the crypto cycles and say, I could have spent every second that I worried about all of these other things on something else because it's going to look exactly the same. And it's already shaping up to look exactly
0: the same. Almost exactly the same. Even though I said it, exactly listen. History
2: Almost rhymed; it doesn't repeat, right? So obviously, exactly. we have the Bitcoin spot ETF. We're, we're you know meaningfully ahead of uh, price. If you're looking at Fibonacci levels or something, than we would have been in past cycles. But you know what Juan just described may not happen this time. But it seemingly will. You know, kind of. We get even the same mini cycles where we kind of go through large cap, mid cap, low cap. We get the same. <laughs> like uh, hype bubbles that will inevitably pop within each cycle that then repeat. The DeFi Summers, NFT Summers, Metaverse Falls, AI hype. Give me a effing break with this. NVIDIA does well. So everything that's like has anything to do with AI or claims to have anything to do with AI, when crypto goes up massively. We know how that ends, right? Some of them will emerge in the next cycle, I'm sure, throughout. But it's the same exact cycles, the same thing. It could be completely different this time, but... All of the analysis done throughout the bear market and to this point has literally been a waste of time if you spent five seconds looking at the halving chart. Maybe it's different moving forward, but it's been the same to this point. How you know yeah. many shows we've done on what's going to happen if this happens today and the news and the FOMC and oh my God, what's it going to mean for crypto? Literally, like I could have learned to speak fucking Japanese by now if I had just not done a YouTube show or space
0: Yes and no. Again, uh, history uh, it r- r- rhymes, does not repeat. So you got to figure out what, how it differs. The Bitcoin ETF numbers, I think things could have gone wrong. If the Bitcoin ETF was a flop, for example, I don't think we'd be where we are today. Um, I don't think we'd example. be where we are today, but I think we'd be in the same place in December or January. Which makes a difference. I think timing is pretty important, and these things do help in timing, even though, again, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here because I'm horrible at trading and especially at timing. And then the other thing to mention is understanding what narratives we should focus on. Obviously, AI, NVIDIA's earnings, something we talked about yesterday, we'll talk about today. Uh, Danish, you covered that in today's show as well. Maybe you can give us an overview on why that's important. Rand covered it yesterday as well.
3: Yeah, NVIDIA just killed on every metric, top line, bottom line. Their forecast was so insane that it completely beat expectations. Uh, the most important thing was their software and services business. They, they generated $1 billion in revenue on software. By the way, this is a hardware business that is running on 75% margins. It is unheard of. NVIDIA is sort of the new Apple. They're absolutely murdering it. The whole crypto part, you know my opinions on it. It's just narrative. And I don't think that there's any value to anything in crypto right now, when Nvidia is just do- doing such an incredible job,
4: I took a bet against Nvidia yesterday by taking some shorts on crypto tokens, on AI crypto tokens, and today I'm burning like a, like a mofo, burning like crazy. I
2: mean, I'm guessing but, uh, 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 Nvidia. Rationally, I guess, if you haven't dug into it or didn't look at the numbers and, and what Donis was describing, I think the, the retail sentiment would be no way they can hit these numbers, right? And they, I and they the did. And they did. right? I, so I think that's a safe bet. You managed your risk. You knew exactly what would happen if you were wrong, I'm assuming, right? So it's uh, oh,
4: not really. I didn't actually manage my risk because I fell asleep. And then I, was, I, I woke up in like four hours later in a, in a cold sweat because I was so short, but by that time it was just too late.
2: Your risk no. management should be more coffee and Adderall dependent, clearly. Um,
0: yeah. just, just for the audience and, and before you continue guys, Simon, James, Nick, we'll bring you up shortly after you're requesting uh, to, to, to kind of get your thoughts on everything as well. So please remain there and, and keep your request open. But Ryan, maybe give us an overview on how AI tokens uh, reacted and, and whether your take on the we're 90% through the AI narrative. And, uh, well, quickly and ran. Yeah. Also to ran, I'm, I'm quite confident that as
2: a narrative or as an investor, you will be correct. You're just wrong as a trader today.
4: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the, the, AI, the, the AI, I said it before, I think the AI token narrative is 90% hot air. I mean, for once I actually agree with Danish. Like, I mean, it's not, it doesn't happen often, but, but, uh, I think that there's a lot of hot air. I think it's a load of garbage, a lot of garbage. Um, we will get one or two winners, I think. But for now, I'm not, uh, I'm not very, very, very excited about it. Um, so, you know, I just think it's overhyped. Tokens have gone up to all-time highs. The tokens still don't have any users. So, I don't know. To me, I've shorted. Uh, and uh, look, right now, it's uh, quite a sore short. I won't lie to you. And it's getting more sore every minute or so. But I'm hoping that like by tomorrow, the next day, the AI hype will die down and things will come back into equilibrium. Otherwise, uh, wrecked in peace, I guess.
5: I've got a question for the group. Uh, I saw a stat yesterday that – and this was before the stock pumped 15% that's up today. But I saw yesterday that NVIDIA's if, – if NVIDIA was a stock exchange, it would be the 10th largest stock exchange in the world. Which I thought was a pretty crazy stat, and and then we were, I was talking about this in another group chat, and the question was, it, Nvidia's market cap right now is 1.9 trillion dollars. Is that a meme? Is Nvidia's market cap a meme? That's that's my question that I posed to the group. I think
2: I think it's it's interesting. I think so. I, I yeah, I was gonna say just really quick, Donish. I mean, if you look at the growth today or after post earnings, actually, I mean, their their earnings and the amount of money they're making is rising proportionally faster than the actual stock price. So it's hard to say that it's actually a meme. The question is, did it get there on a meme? Like, did the market cap get to that point? But right now, as, a, as astounding as the price action is on something this huge with such a large market cap, it is 100% justified by any fundamental analysis that you can do. Like, I I don't know if I could. Conscious by Nvidia right now, but it is justified if you look at it through the same lens where you value companies.
3: Yeah. So, really quickly on the numbers: twelve hundred percent increase in profit, seven hundred percent increase in margin or in revenue. Sorry, we're seeing forward guidance be insane twenty something billion dollars in this quarter, and the most insane part about this is they still have a backlog and they have a whole new business that that is at a $1 billion run rate and is not even ramped up. Their forward guidance is that their software business, which will be 90% plus margin, will be running at $30 billion. If you just take into account their forward guidance, their forward PE is 33. Like this is a, I think in good conscience, you cannot think that this is not a company That is, you know, Scott said it right. It's like, hey, it seemed overvalued until you saw the guidance. This is real guidance and there's real demand. And these guys have just figured out to do what honestly Tesla was supposed to do, but was unable to do it because of bad leadership. These guys, you know, have taken the hardware to software transition and executed on it perfectly. They deserve all the credit. So I I don't think this is a meme stock in any, or a meme in any way. I think this is the real deal. It's as if we're watching Apple at $20 a share and asking ourselves, are they going to be big? This is just the they are literally at the tipping point. They own the business. They own the market. They haven't even ramped up production. I mean, it's a I, you, people that know me know I'm not the most bullish about anything. This is like a legitimate company doing incredible work,
5: Travis, just to kind of give the other side of it. I'll I'll take the memes. So, uh, so, so, sorry, sorry, it's not it's not like Apple at twenty dollars because it's it's currently a one point exactly. nine trillion dollar market cap. So <laughs> not, yeah, not even close so to the comparable. Point of the making is Dude, more than Apple. It's, much it's already more of a trading at thirty
6: four times earnings, forward earnings.
3: That the, so right now again for a company that is growing this fast and has these levels of margins, as a reminder, the AI revolution has not even begun yet that was the point that i'm making which is they have a much better running start into this i know it bothers people when, because you're, it's this a company big, that when you're this big when you're this big uh,
4: you can keep your you can keep your advantage for a short period of time but over a long period of time the world will come back into equilibrium and you'll lose your market share and uh and there's no, I, I just don't unlike, think that this is what I'll so, well, up i'll tell you right i'll now. tell you i i mean you can the only time you can argue that Ram, that's when you sorry what well, the only time you can argue that's not the case is if there's true network effects out of your product, and I don't know. I mean, there are network effects in Nvidia, but I don't know if it's if oh, they're yeah. as as strong as like like
3: social social network effects. If you know what I'm saying, like social media. So, like, so for me, as part of the in the call, he mentioned the network effect. So I'll I'll just share that he literally talked about how people are handing over their code into Nvidia. Nvidia is then ingesting it updating, optimizing, and sending it back. Literally people at these large enterprises are handing over their entire playbook to NVIDIA. NVIDIA then is building software that will then be available to everybody else. The network effects come from CUDA. That is the software business is the part of the business that I think I'm referring to. And the point that I was making is, look, you all can feel whatever you want to feel about 33PE, but this company clearly deserves it. They have... I mean, I, if you if you listen to our show yesterday, I was saying, hey, how are they going to beat this? And they didn't just beat it. They beat it like, you know, they they hit it out of the park. So you have to like readjust your perspective on these things. If this company keeps beating expectations, it keeps raising guidance and in going into an economic slowdown, potentially. I think it's just incredible. And I think that they, they deserve all the credit right now.
2: But what will Elizabeth Warren do if it gets too big? She's going to crush it, dude. Going to absolutely annihilate it. It's over. That's that's why they can't be Apple because to, to be Apple at 20 bucks, that means they're going to like what, $20 trillion market cap? Like, this could happen. Okay, guys, I didn't mean to interrupt with a joke. You guys thought it was funny, but now we have to actually keep talking about
0: no, it. No, 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 Before, be, no, no, I, I just want to go back to the AI narrative because remember, we had Vinny on the show, one of the infamous, infamous episodes we had where Vinny's like, guys, I'm going to paraphrase it in a misleading way. Fuck crypto, I'm going into AI again. Where he's going to fix what I just said. Uh, but then you're seeing crypto and AI both do well. So maybe getting Vinny's thoughts on NVIDIA's earnings and, and the
7: AI narratives in, in, in crypto and in the use case. Vinny? Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I, said, I said what I said was I personally am operating in, in, in AI, not in crypto, because I build products and crypto it's really hard to build products for consumers. And that's kind of my background. So that was, that was my impetus for, for moving out of crypto as, a, as an operator. I think it's just really hard to build mainstream products and none of the products have gotten to, you know, other than trading on exchanges, none of them have built products that people can actually use. That said, crypto and AI, there's some really interesting intersections there. Uh, I've been tweeting about it recently. I mean, I think Render is incredible right now. Uh, it's it's a fraction of where uh, NVIDIA is. And now with the announcements yesterday about restrictions in China and the inability for NVIDIA to sell into China, and it's probably going to be more than that over time. Distributed compute is going to be important, and distributed compute over crypto networks is going to be what saves the day, I think, in terms of global compute demand. Um, But I'm with Dr. Danish on this. I think that... uh I think that, uh, you know, give credit to NVIDIA. They're, they're, they're proving out the the critics. They're continuing to grow. I do disagree with Ron on, on uh, the point that, um, you know, uh, the markets will normalize. I think the amount of specialized IP that exists in NVIDIA is second to maybe, you know, second to none, but like maybe Apple can catch up, but Apple's a proprietary closed system where, you know, they're not part of the Microsoft universe at all. So that's a little bit different. Um, and also, I think that you also have a lot of, um, uh, you know, substrate issues where, uh, you know, NVIDIA has locked up a lot of the supply. Obviously, the, the fabs that are out there producing chips for them right now, the, the guys trying to compete. Uh, I mean, these guys are the head start of years with TSMC and a few others. Like, it's going to take a while, uh, you know, for the market to actually catch up. So, for now... Nvidia has a massive moat around their business, brand, IP, infrastructure, resources. We only have one earth, you know, so the resources are fixed, and so I think it's uh, I think that they're the the game in town, and and they're going to keep producing. Still, results even in a downturn because the demand. I mean, we're in the beginning of the AI wave right now, so uh, I think there'll be lots of other companies that you can play. Like you can you know, benefit, obviously, with Render and a few others, probably um, in the upswing, get higher beta, maybe. But Nvidia is the the, the you know the girl in the room. That's that's my take.
0: What Rand said, uh, Alex and Matt and, uh, and and Juan, I do want to jump in. I saw your hand up, but Ran Rand was talking about uh, the AI hype being ninety percent through. Um, and we're reaching a peak. Again, Ryan, correct me if I got this wrong. Your thoughts on this, Vinny? Do you think we are still in the early stages? I'm talking about
7: a crypto narrative. In crypto. Oh, in oh, crypto. Uh, yeah, no, no. In, 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 crypto in, crypto. in crypto AI or in AI? Crypto. AI Crypto. Crypto. Uh, yeah. So, 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 guys, look at crypto as an enabling technology, right? So, if if we can use crypto to improve decentralized storage or we can improve decentralized compute or we can do multiple things. Yes, crypto will do fine in those segments. The, I, I do think I'm seeing a lot of frothy behavior in the AI sector in crypto. Lots of guys, and I've spoken to some of these teams, they've pitched me, I've had tons of calls. They, they've got nothing. They're like throwing shit together in the past three months and they're asking for $100 million valuations uh, in, in their company or their token. It's bullshit. Okay, There are a few companies that have been focusing on, crypt, on, on AI within crypto for years and they're the ones I think are going to be the winners. I think this bull run in crypto is going to be very different than previous bull runs because we've got a lot more knowledge over previous runs. We're over a decade into this. So I think that we're going to see a boom. Bitcoin is going to go up maybe to all-time highs, but whatever, about 68,000 plus. And I just don't think that, that the money's going to flow all the way down to all the shit coins at the bottom and all the meme coins like we've had in the past. Maybe a couple year and there, but it'll be fleeting. I think the most likely outcome is that we, we see Bitcoin saw, Ethereum, Solana, uh, Render, whatever, you know, Avalanche, like just the top stuff really go up. And then the, the mid-level stuff doesn't really move much, but you're always going to get these guys hyping shit at the bottom coming in. And if you look at projects that are new, this is the mistake we always make. We always think that the, that the new projects are going to be the ones that pump. And and, and, and most of the time, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's a pump and dump. You have to look at the stuff that's going to be sustainable over the long term. So just, you know, yes, something can pump 10x, but then – and I've been there before, and the stuff – it's not liquid. You can't get out. Even though it shows it's up 10x, you try dropping 100 grand out, it, it just it dumps the price. So, you know, it, it works for, like, degen traders. It doesn't work for people who are actually trying to invest and build portfolios. So my advice is, like, yes, I, I agree that it's frothy. My advice is be careful. Jump in, guys, in I agree with that.
6: Can I yeah. can I speak to the like another side of the Nvidia trade? Um, just to paint the other case, I think you know, backwards looking, yes, like there's there's no doubt that Nvidia has performed extremely well, right? But part of trading is, is forward looking, right? And their forward looking um, <clears throat> uh, forward earnings is at a 34 multiple right now, and what you have to keep in mind is once you get up to a size of this that NVIDIA is, right, basically $2 trillion, forward-looking for them to actually continue to grow at this rate, they have to start eating entire new categories. And uh, NYU professor Oswath Namodaran, who is basically known as like the dean of valuation, he basically pointed out that in order to continue to sustain that growth uh, that NVIDIA has and to actually meet uh, that forward earnings multiple they have, they basically have to discover an entire new AI category to keep doing it. So that's that's point number one. I think point number two is that Chamath Palihapitiya had a really good point. I thought the other day where he basically pointed out that um, of every VC dollar raised right now by AI startups, he believes up to sixty percent of that might be flowing into NVIDIA. And I think this is where you have a little bit of a bubble of sorts where you basically or I don't know. Some people call it a Ponzi. I think it's a little bit overkill, but you absolutely have a situation where VCs have pumped a ton of capital into undifferentiated AI startups, who are then taking all that and pouring it directly into compute uh, for um, or from Nvidia. And so the idea that like we aren't at some level of saturation on that when you look at the VC funding dollars that are flowing into AI startups, I don't agree. I don't agree with. I think we are at like a local maxima in that sense. Um, So that would be my second point. And then I guess my third and final point uh, to speak to the idea of like, how does crypto play into all of this? I mean, look, I think the past 48 hours with the Google Gemini model, if anyone's been keeping track of that, show why it's so important that we don't have censored and extremely woke uh, AI models. Um, And really every, every layer of the AI stack, it's important that that doesn't get captured by large corporations. So that's kind of my three-part thesis. Like I, that's not to say that Nvidia isn't a great company, or that you know they they're way overvalued. But forward-looking to expect it to do a two to three x when it's already at you know two trillion dollars. Um, doesn't really make sense. And, and then, and then, uh, and um,
0: then Alex, yeah. just quickly uh, and quickly, if you can give us your thoughts on crypto AI, Ryan. I'm just going to mute. You got a bit of background noise. Uh, crypto AI as well. The, the narrative there, and then we we'll go to Matt James and Ryan. I don't know if you want to jump in as well. Just keep it. Just a quick, short uh, thoughts on on crypto AI. Are we near the end of that? Of that bull run? Yeah. Look, I mean, I just think starting from my like, first principles,
6: I think there, as I mentioned, I think there is a need for this. Like, I think. AI is a naturally centralizing technology, uh, whether or not, you know, you believe crypto, traditional
0: crypto or these. Sorry, stores. Alex, just, just want to dig into it a bit further. Why? Why? Do, how do you see that fit?
6: Uh, well, so part of the problem right now, right, is if you can actually centralize the compute as well as centralize the storage of information with which these models need to be trained on, then it's basically going to leave it in the hands of a few small corporations to decide, right, how the future of the Internet works. I mean, we're already seeing that happen. And so I think that just makes the case stronger than ever of like why you actually need to decentralize at all layers of the stack with AI, compute, uh, information storage, uh, how you actually build the models. Um, And there's a lot of great teams doing that right now, like to the degree in which those teams right now, their valuations match the utility they're driving. I mean, in crypto, it tends to rarely line up directly, but I do think there's value there. I won't speak too much to like individual tokens, there's a lot of good teams, though. Like, I'm in Austin, and, like, uh, the BitTensor team's down here, and I know they've been working really hard, but I can't really speculate on price.
8: I, th- I think probably some people on stage can speak better to it. Matt, James? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Um, just in regards to NVIDIA, um, obviously yesterday, about 1.20 Pacific time, that was your re-entry point when it was about 6.50, um, and how far this thing will go is is obviously no one really knows. But I guess my, my questions, you know, we look at the, the competition surrounding them coming up in the future with, uh, you know, whether it's AMD or Intel, and I know they're doing stuff with an Intel um, and, and the packaging and stuff of that nature. But I really think that um, you look at the halo effect of NVIDIA and some of the other companies around them that are working with them. And one in particular, and I'm not here to shill it, but I've just been keeping an eye on it is Medtronic and it's AI and healthcare and blockchain. And I really think that this is a, an intersection with a, a lot of potential and, and a company like Medtronic, who's partnering with, um, you know, NVIDIA to work uh, especially in, in the medical industry is really uh, an encouraging and, and exciting, uh, I think, landscape for, for where things are headed. Um, but I guess my biggest question would be on the competition back to, uh, Nvidia and the and the folks who are, are coming on their heels. I know they've got a big moat, but I think that that's really the my big concern is is the competition and when they catch up and how long is that time?
9: Um, it's James here. I'm James. I'm saying we conscious we have a, a kind of good relationship with many miners, and quite a common theme amongst certain miners is uh, they're considering using AI and AI compute uh, and replacing it. Um, Instead of Bitcoin mining. And I think there are certain sites that these miners have that it makes more sense. They've got great data connections, good power redundancy systems. And for them, it actually, they are seeing that they can make more money uh, uh, with AI, but the, the capex costs. of very very different you know it's 40 million dollars a megawatt for ai and it's a million dollars a megawatt for bitcoin mining but i do see this potential bigger trend of of really ai competing with bitcoin mining in certain areas and perhaps a greater and therefore we might see bitcoin mining move more towards renewable resources which are stranded where ai can't work and that's quite an interesting trend just just my point
6: isn't the hardware different for those, James? Like, uh, yeah, for those people different. that want to switch, it's, it's a pretty non-trivial change though, right? Because you, you basically have to rebuy all of your hardware yeah. and sell old so, stuff, right?
9: NVIDIA have been very good at uh, on their websites. They give you all the, all the architecture for this hardware, and it's huge. The infrastructure you need, you need two backup power generators in case one goes down. You need 99.67% uptime with massive data pipes for AI. It's completely different for Bitcoin mining. You know, if you turn an AI rig off, it might take weeks to turn it back on and get all those calculation processes going again, whereas Bitcoin mining, they you know, can turn it off and on in seconds. And I think this is a mistake some miners are making. They're thinking that it's just a simple you know, transition, and but that, it's not.
0: Another use case, the Vitalik, not sure if you guys saw that, but Vitalik, and I'm actually pretty happy seeing that. James, if you can mute a bit of feedback on your end. But Vitalik did talk about um, AI based code audits um, so and, and other developers are backing up that idea which is good for us you know we're invested in a couple of projects that do that and won't name them um, which is pretty cool. Uh, Alex have you have you heard that what are your thoughts Alex Sorry, which uh, you were saying about the actual audits of
6: AI projects code audits no 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 AI based code audits. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, yeah. So that's funny. You mentioned that. Um, So we we recently just we literally just today uh, released our our audit uh, from Zelleck. And it's funny when we were sourcing, uh, you know, different projects to see their quotes. uh, There's a guy that works out of the office in Austin who um, who basically has a business that does this right. They use AI to basically um, still do it. I think for us personally, the reason we passed is that it, it just isn't industry best practice right now. And we not felt yet. like that's that's not the area we wanted to basically, like, shave money just because, like, trust is so important in that front. But could it eventually get there? Maybe as, like, someone who's, you know, a client of that right now, I'm, I'm not ready to make that jump yet.
0: I wanted to ask Vinny about other narratives that interest him in crypto, obviously, Deepin and Gaming being the two other major ones. But before doing that, since we have Juan and Matt, any thoughts on the discussion so far, guys? Maybe an ETF update. I think things have been slower and last probably day or two, even three days. Maybe give us a general update, Matt, and your thoughts on the performance.
10: Yeah, I, I, I can jump in there. I mean, just on the AI front, it seems to me that the the you know, there are a few logical winners in crypto from the AI boom. You know, one we talked about, which is render, which seems the most obvious to me. But the second is stable coins, right? If you play this out a few years, AI agents will need to use uh, crypto to conduct Commerce. And so the winners are stable coins. I look at like companies like Circle and PayPal. It's the natural extended winners from the AI boom. Um, on the ETF front, things have slowed down. I think yesterday was the first day of net negative flows in a couple weeks. Um, I think it's a, a natural pause. We're still moving from the early initial buyers, sort of retail hedge fund, a few RIAs into the second wave of buyers. You know, I've talked about it on these spaces before, but I think the expectation would be a boom, a sort of rest period, and then a secondary boom as these ETFs are approved on major national account platforms. Those approvals are starting to happen, but they really won't, you know, accelerate in a big way until, you know, maybe April, maybe May. Um, so. You know, it's quieted down, and maybe that's reflected into the price action. But I think it would be wrong to assume uh, that we won't return to significant inflows in the coming weeks. That that would be my base case.
5: Matt, a question for you: You guys' AUM is currently it's a bit over a billion dollars right now, right? In the Bitcoin ETF. Yep, that's right. And if you think back to like, you know, I don't know, first week of Jan. Is your AUM where it is right now surprising relative to expectations back then? Yeah, it's way
10: ahead of my expectations. Um, yeah. You know, I, I thought, you know, hundreds of millions, but I didn't think we would be over a billion or the complex would be as big as we are. I think we're we're ahead of schedule and the demand is, you know, higher and more sustained than I suspected. And, and like I said, I think there's going to be a second wave uh, that comes as these national account platforms are turned on.
5: So you're not the only person that's in a similar position that I've heard say something similar that, you know, the inflows have been surprising and ahead of expectations, even for, you know, people that are kind of the most insiders like yourself. They would like have, you know, likely the best handle on on what these numbers would be you know and there's probably confidentiality type of stuff that that uh you know so just maybe in like broad brush strokes can you just like characterize anything about like where those surprises are coming from yeah yeah and just to put a point
10: on why it's surprising remember i'm super bullish you know i dedicated many years of my life took 30 trips to dc trying to get an etf launch so I was all in on these things being successful. So the fact that they're more successful than I expected um, really is saying something. It's hard, you know, as an ETF issuer, you don't know exactly who's buying your product. We can track some of it uh, through our sales activity, and we know that there are some RIAs that are buying. But I think you know there's there's probably a little bit more retail demand out of the gate than we expected. If you look at the average size of trades on these ETFs, many of them are quite low. There's probably a little bit more hedge fund demand than we expected. Uh, you can see some sort of you know signals of algorithmic trading uh, that's been driving some of this flow. Uh, but in general, you know, it's just faster acceptance of Bitcoin. Into the mainstream—that is the primary thing. Almost at every level, you know. I was at a big ETF conference uh, exchange a few weeks ago, and the change in the tune from a year ago, when we were still sort of finding our feet post FTX, and and no one would talk to you if you said the word Bitcoin, to just accepting it that it's you know part of the firmament, and it's interesting as an asset, and it should be discussed alongside other assets. That's just happened faster than i expected so you know if i was being specific retail hedge fund activity probably higher than i expected um but in general everything's just a little bit a little bit ahead of schedule it's all just moving a little bit faster than you know i even hoped guys you there
2: yeah, I think that was the effectively the ETF update. Juan, did you have anything to add before uh, we move?
1: Uh, yeah, just to, to add to what Matt said. Um, it's Still, now we're sitting at five billion in, in net inflows, and even though this week, uh, as Matt pointed out yesterday, is the first uh, net outflows uh, in, in in a couple of weeks, last week was the biggest week uh, since since the ETFs got launched. There was two and a half billion of of net inflows last week, so. You know, things have uh, things even accelerated last week, and and as Matt said, have surprised us in in terms of the pace. Um, and the other thing that's great is that this all of this liquidity has has improved uh, overall market liquidity. The market depth is up 30% since the ETF distrib- debuted in, in January. So increased market liquidity also attracts market participants. Um, maybe that's what uh, has a, has attracted the hedge fund types that Matt was talking about. Um, so we 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 continue to be very excited, as Matt said. It, there might be a, a bit of a slowdown before things pick up again when uh, national platforms get 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 approved. Um, but uh, it's, it looks very constructive for the for the rest of the year. Uh, the the other thing I wanted to touch on is on the on the AI uh, and and crypto uh, symbiosis. I think there's an there's an
0: increasing recognition Sorry, before getting one. Uh, just before you get into the ai discussion um i want to ask you one more question about the etfs regarding the ectf has there been any updates there and what's the uh, what are the predictions now it would have been great to have james on stage as well
1: yeah on on that um well everyone's watching the the of the batch of, of uh, applicants right now the first final deadline is uh, is late may so everyone's watching that as as a decision date for the current batch of applicants uh and i think uh Expectations have have become have been tilting a little more positive in in coming weeks uh, with, uh, with 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 uh, with the positive sentiment that's happening in the market the change of tune we're seeing from regulatory perspective uh, I think uh, we saw uh, Federal uh, Reserve Governor Christopher Walker uh, make a positive comment on stablecoins being supportive of the, of the dollar uh, you saw the banks uh, file. That letter to the SEC uh, uh, for for uh, allowing them to custody Bitcoin ETFs and, and tokenized assets, uh, and and so I think uh you, and you saw for example in, in the Senate hearing uh the uh in the House committee hearing the Treasury official uh, actually counter Elizabeth Warren, Warren's stance uh, on terrorist financing via crypto. So I think that the sort of regulatory an uh, official's uh, perspective and stance on on crypto starting in turn and I think that has a posi- that that gives po- positive momentum to to uh, the the ethereum spot etFs uh, as well uh, but we'll see the, 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 there's still hurdles that that they need to clear
0: go ahead guys I so, was so just reading about oh James is he perfect uh, I kind of kind of hinted to James that I want him up on stage to discuss the ETH ETF um, so let him just slow before we go back to the uh, AI discussion. I want to ask uh, the panel of any other narratives. Doug, we haven't gotten your thoughts yet either. So wait, wait for James to come on. James up. Uh, James, right? James. Yeah, yeah. James, can, yeah, James. Would love your your take on the ETH ETF and and uh, the, the 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 yesterday's uh, net outflows when it comes to the Bitcoin ETF. As well,
11: yeah, I mean, like like Matt said, I mean, it was the first outflow day since Jan 25th. So it's been almost a month of straight inflows um, every single trading day. Um, so, I mean, the one thing I would say is there's going to be outflow days for these things going forward. Uh, what we saw in the last month is not the the standard situation or um, how things are going to operate going forward. Um, as far as ETH goes, uh, what Juan said is right. I mean, we have the, the, the equivalent deadline of January 10th for the spot Bitcoin ETFs is May 23rd. Um, That said, we were very confident that we were going to see a spot Bitcoin ETF approved, obviously. (laughs) I've said it on these spaces many times. Um, Our confidence level is nowhere near that of where we were on Bitcoin. Um, Probably, I I, I tend to lean more likely than not. I'm over 50%. I'm probably around somewhere on 60% that's going to happen. Um, but there hasn't been any movement from the SEC as far as we can see publicly or that I've even heard back chatter that the SEC isn't really starting the conversations um, with these issuers about their filings and the way that we saw all of those meetings and back and forth between the SEC and the issuers like Bitwise. Um, so, one, we're waiting to see when that starts. That said, I've heard people say, like, the SEC needs to start talking to them soon, sometime in, the, sometime in March or else it's not going to happen, which I also disagree with because – Uh, While Bitcoin and Ethereum are obviously very different um, and we needed months of the SEC going back and forth between these issuers um, before they approve those spot Bitcoin ETFs, they're not going to need anywhere near the amount of time because there is significant overlap. So a lot of the big picture issues that the SEC needed to iron out with these issuers before the language was correct when they launched those spot Bitcoin ETFs, you can just basically port a huge percentage of that into Ethereum. So I don't know exactly what the deadline would be that we need to see some sort of movement between the SEC and these issuers for me to increase or decrease our odds. Um, But probably sometime in April. So May 23rd is that date. So if we don't see any movement in April, we don't see any uh, indication that there's comments going back and forth between the SEC and these issuers, um, I'll have to decrease my odds and vice versa if we do see movement. So there's a few different things here. There's The one reason why we're not as confident is – I mean there's no court case. There's a whole bunch of different things here that are at issue that if Gensler really wants to go to the mat here, there are ways that he can significantly kick this can down the road. Um, in a ways that he could not have done um, for spot Bitcoin due to the court decisions and things like that. And there's a whole bunch of other nuance that we can get into, but we don't need to get into it here. But that, that, that's overall, I think it's more likely than not, that we could see an approval, but my confidence interval here is is not very strong in the same way that it was for Bitcoin.
8: Really quick, could I ask a question in regards to the ETFs with Ethereum? The one component uh, regarding the staking, I noticed a lot of folks have been filing for that with Franklin Templeton, et cetera. Does that have any impact on when they might be approved, you think?
11: Um, I'd love to hear Matt's view on this, but my personal view is that I think... Like I said, I'm more likely than not that I think they get approved. I also think that they will not be allowed to stake. Uh, The SEC obviously has issues with any sort of staking protocols. I know there's differences between all the exchanges and how they do staking, but the SEC has obviously views them as sort of um, a security offering in the way that staking is offered. Um, You can see in the Coinbase lawsuit, the Kraken lawsuits, things like that. So my general, not super detailed view is that the SEC is just, they're going to allow the spot. To trade, again, not super confident on that, but they will not allow staking, which is not going to be um, as interesting for many, anyone who's um, – like you basically look at the Bitcoin ETFs and there's not much difference between that and holding spot Bitcoin. A- aside from not your keys, not your coins, there is – from a return perspective, it's not that big of a deal. But from a returns perspective, an ETH, if you can't stake, that is less um, efficient. There are ways around it. Um, part of the problem is you could – the SEC could easily argue liquidity issues which again, I think there are ways around that where you only stake a certain portion of it. You have a credit line to meet any sort of redemptions. I just overall think in the similar way that we do not have in-kind create redeems for Bitcoin. You can't send or receive Bitcoin from the ETFs. So it can only be done via cash. I think we're also not going to see in-kind creation for ETH. And I think they're also not going to allow staking. That said, that's probably not how things are going to operate into perpetuity, right? We have staking ETFs in Canada and in Europe Um, I think ultimately the U.S. will get there, but probably not anytime soon um, is the way that I'm looking at it. Also, I would just chime in and say I I think the interest from the TradFi world uh, in crypto is predominantly focused on Bitcoin. And if you look at just the Ethereum futures ETF, Ethereum futures themselves, the interest for Ethereum is vastly inferior to the interest from the TradFi world in Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, I think staking would be the <clears throat> thing that long-term could theoretically drive more adoption. I was talking about this, literally same thing this morning on the show. We saw the Ethereum futures ETF uh, obviously launch with a whimper. That's an over- probably an understatement, right, James? I mean, it was dead, dead as dead could possibly be. Talk about the antithesis of the Bitcoin spot ETF launches. I think it's going to take a lot of time for institutions to care about Ethereum. I think you know. it's you go back a few years, maybe we're even behind where Bitcoin would have been. But if there was actually yield in those ETFs, and they could understand that with time, that might compel them. But I I think an Ethereum spot ETF is really exciting for the industry. But I don't think it's going to drive nearly as much volume. Not even a fraction. Matt, I I agree.
7: I agree with that, and I'll actually give a reason. I think the reason is because the battle for what Ethereum is you know, the, the playing field is obviously smart contracts and DeFi. It hasn't been won yet. I mean, Bitcoin's the clear winner in this with the store of value hypothesis and what they're trying to do there. But Ethereum has got challenges like Solana, you know, close in the heels. And, and I don't think that, uh, that institutions that want to put money into these, they, they don't want to see a flippening happening where they lose money and they look silly, right? So it's, it's they're very conservative with capital, especially family offices, large institutions. So they they're going to put it into the safe stuff like Bitcoin, and they're going to wait for the for the smart contract DeFi world to play out and see who wins there. That, that's my take.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it's just a very fundamentally big event for the industry. I just can't see the rush of AUM BlackRock's in the world lining up, you know, uh,
10: hundreds of millions for the first day. Maybe I'm wrong. Matt, Matt you would know better. No, I think that's probably right. Like, I think it'll be a nice win for the industry. I think it's likely to happen without staking at first and eventually get to staking. So I agree with everything that people had said. It's not the boom that that Bitcoin is. Um, You know, what I was going to say is, you know, we're talking about what the narrative is. I I think the Denkun upgrade is the narrative in ETH much more so than the uh, spot Ethereum ETF. I think that's what's going to be dictating price. That's what people are going to be focused on. And if we get an ETF, that will be a nice cherry on top. And I think it'll be successful. Look, I don't think it'll be a flop, uh, like the Ethereum futures ETFs. I think it'll be successful, but it's not going to pull in, you know, five billion dollars uh, in uh, in in a few weeks. Maybe it'll pull in a few a few hundred million or a billion dollars over the same time period if we're lucky. But I really think that the narrative driving ETH right now is mainstream adoption and the Denkun upgrade, and I think that will persist. You know into the into the summer is the as the dominant narrative there.
5: The one thing I'll say, you know, maybe in f- more in favor of ETH is the reflexivity. When you combine ETH ETFs plus the burn plus the amount of total supply that's staked, and then the like reflexivity that can be present there. Um, where higher prices just beget higher prices. Bitcoin doesn't have that same staking and burning reflexivity mechanism present. Um, I do agree that the setup on ETH is very different than Bitcoin. I mean, one of the ways I've been framing it uh, since we got these ETFs on Bitcoin is that somewhat ironically, Bitcoin is kind of rapidly becoming not a crypto. Like it's like sort of, not experiencing crypto types of flows. Crypto native capital is uh, less and less of a driver um, of price action. Participants are less and less crypto native. And the sort of drivers of Bitcoin's market cap increasing over time is just a pretty different set of drivers than I think any other crypto asset. It doesn't have any competition within crypto. It's in a category by itself within crypto. Um, And it's, you know, sort of competing against, you know, maybe it's gold, maybe it's the U.S. dollar, maybe it's U.S. treasuries, maybe it's, you know, some combination of all those or not really any of those. But um, just the overall setup on Bitcoin is is being more and more separated relative to any other crypto asset. And then you, you put that on one hand and then you look at ETH and ETH is still just like right in the middle of mired in this crypto competition, right? I mean, the the competition of ETH against other layer ones is probably going to be the headline competition for this coming cycle. Like it's going to be like the headline thing. It's going to be the, tr- the literally trillion dollar question um, of, you know, modular versus monolithic and. Um, these other L1 competitors and what they can end up doing and what kind of traction their ecosystems get versus, you know, ETH ecosystems. And then how is the crypto market broadly going to assign value to ETH L2s versus ETH L1s? And, you know, this is going to be, that's a real headline thing, but that's kind of a classic venture risk type of setup. And so I think that that, that is quite different than Bitcoin.
8: So anything
12: that. else? Sorry. Yeah. Simon? Oh, am I up? I didn't realize I was up. Um, yeah, I think you've covered most of the, the the narrative. So a lot of my mining investments, they've invested I mean, in... You
4: didn't say, Simon, you didn't say full disclosure, I'm invested. So let's start I, again. I'll, I'll give you one. I got <laughs> just you say, one. just I got say full disclosure, right? I'm invested, and then like, that's cool.
0: Okay. Full
12: disclosure, I'm invested in crypto banter and Wolf uh, Wall Street. I'll give you one. Full disclosure: I was a seed investor in Render, ten million at ten cents. So that's one of my token investments that went well. Um, but yeah, the um, ten million uh, at ten cents. Wait, wait, wait. $10, million, 10 cents. So you put in a million dollars,
4: and today it's worth seven and a half million dollars.
12: No, Bank to the Future raised ten million for Render at ten cents in 2017. Oh man. Okay. So
4: I mean, otherwise I was going to say you're rich, bro.
12: <laughs> I think um, you can probably say that, Rand. you know, all things aside. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, you know, a, a lot of the mining companies... Just say that, full
4: disclosure, I'm, when you come on, just say full disclosure, I'm rich.
12: <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, I've got nothing else to say about <laughs> you guys. Just, um, the, yeah, the mining companies are looking at the AI using using the infrastructure, separating the ones that are doing you know, using hosting and just uh, trying to get as much deployed. But the ones that actually have infrastructure and warehouses and mining farm, they're looking I mean, at Let's, let's ask you a complete,
0: completely separate question. Crypto AI, your thoughts on
12: that. I don't think you've ever commented on it. Oh, crypto AI. Um, I think it's more – I haven't done anything in the – you know, other than Render, that was my only crypto AI play. Um, the I think it's more utilizing – AI for crypto, like CBDCs, and um, that's the main thing, I think. And I think more like blockchain as a force against AI are the kind of things I'm looking at, but I haven't, I haven't done anything in the, the actual intersection other than Render.
0: Cool. I think we've covered it pretty well, uh, digging into AI and discussing the ETFs. Uh, Scott, Ryan, anything else to add?
2: I think yeah, we're going do Ryan.
0: I want to Red, do, I I hope hope get, that, yeah. I hope that I, I hope that all the AI coins crash for your end. That's
4: me too. Point, me too, just... I'm you had
0: around, if you, if you had, if you had to time a correction, when, what would you, what would you time it as? Yesterday.
4: Nah, I mean, it's not, I mean, the leverage is slightly down. We're not in dangerous territory anymore. So I think, I think, I think it maybe a little bit of a slow bleed down sideways. That would be good. Cool. That might yeah.
0: All right, guys. guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
3: Bye, everyone. Bye.
0: Later.